0: Hello.
1: Wow. Hello. What's up?
0: Hey. Uh, well, a lot of things are up. <laughs> um, I'll tell you about a couple of them. I think the listeners maybe should be spared in this instance from from all um, from all like the personals and all the details. But um, maybe one day my listeners, I'll have a very juicy story for you guys. I don't know. But how are you, Shannon?
1: Um. I am good. I. Had a pleasant dinner. I plan on petting my cat later. Um, what did you have? You for know, I'm really uh, not my cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it was some kind of meat. My mommy cooks for me because I'm a baby. Um, <laughs> wow! Potatoes, so you eat. So, so you eat
0: meat. Listen to all of our audience members that still eat meat. You're literally monsters. Stop listening to us. Veganism all the way. So there's that.
1: Wow! <laughs> I do not support that. <laughs> I support anyone's individual choices, of course. But for my body, mama needs to eat meat. Okay, I've Listen. tried the vegetarian thing and it like <laughs> almost made me pass out multiple times.
0: Listen, not to alienate 80% of our listening base, but like you guys are cruel. And okay, no, in all seriousness, I try to be, <laughs> I try to be vegan for like, what, like three, four months straight up in college. It is hard. I know that I always want to like try it again seriously, but every time I, it, it just like, like too much temptation sometimes it feels kind of hard to like only eat meals that contain no animal products it's kind of crazy but i know that like i'm always trying my best so at least i can say that but wow you shannon just filthy <laughs> filthy meat every chance you get
1: i don't have dairy but i do enjoy the cow oh i, don't I enjoy the majority of there. the cow
0: no, i don't i have i'm not just intolerant are you
1: yeah i am oh okay
0: mm-hmm. well there you go okay well i guess we're not that bad fuck you milk drinkers um hi everyone <laughs> welcome to episode 33 oh my god 33 episodes um can you believe it yes we can yeah. Okay. hi uh we're seven episodes away from episode 40 um uh, f- 17 episodes away from episode 50 17 weeks that's like a quarter of a year wow we are iconic um
1: yeah <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs>
0: Welcome to episode 33. Um, uh, we have some scary shit for you today. Today we are... Oh, also, by the way, I hope everyone liked last episode, Conspiracy Theories Part 2. Um, we put a heart of soul into that one. Um, uh, but now, onto this, Shannon and I have some scary stories for you guys. We're going to get real radio on you. We're going to get real, like, narrative style on you because we're really just reading stories. So we have to, you know, we're going to give it our all, right, Shannon?
1: Yeah, I think we can call this one campfire talk because um, I'm not near a fire, but I'm sweating in 100 degree weather. Um, So (laughs) it's almost like being next to a fire. And we're going to whisper real soft and really just set the mood because you're probably listening to this at night anyway. Am I
0: right? Yeah, I love that name suggestion. Maybe I'll even add like the ASMR at the end of it. So like campfire talk ASMR. (laughs) Um, We'll see how this goes. But um, uh, Shannon, actually, would you like to start us this time with some spooky stories?
1: Yeah. Now that you um, bring up ASMR, though, I do want to potentially pitch an idea for you. Okay. Um, how do you feel about me starting a YouTube channel where I just eat food into a microphone? I hear I people do that.
0: I'm already subscribed. Yesterday, like it's done. <laughs> I'm there
1: all right good to know if i ever look into that i will listen you know that's where the you'll hear about that's
0: it. where the money is too are you kidding me like asmr mukbangs people are like that's where the money is okay so you go for it
1: oh, and i would get to eat so much good food
0: you would i mean you'd probably <laughs> die a premature death but you would have a good time
1: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't anticipate living very long anyway um oh, my, my family's the strongest genetic line we're doomed um so
0: well on that note
1: (laughs) (laughs) on that note we're gonna talk about death today um actually are we i don't i think maybe one of these ends in death i guess it depends on
0: i guess it depends on the conclusion of your stories yeah
1: yeah and i know know that at least
0: one of mine includes death for sure
1: oh okay okay So I had, like, this great idea, which obviously didn't come to fruition because I was exhausted and I have, like, four hours between when I get home to when I go to bed to, like, do anything. So <laughs> I, I I, didn't do this, but I was planning on, like, writing, like, a fake story and pretending like it was real and then at the end telling you that, like, I wrote it and, like, trying to convince you that it, like, actually happened. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm tired. I can't concoct, like, a 30-minute long tale just to trick andre um but i want you to know i i i thought about it and it's the thought that counts right
0: thank you i appreciate that i probably would have been spooked because i'm so gullible and stupid like literally i would have been like oh my god shannon what that happened to you like a green ectoplasma ghost tried to have sex with you
1: um, um that's kesha's story it's probably copyrighted so <laughs> right.
0: okay so what you got for me
1: So I have three stories. I'm gonna open with one that I feel you would find particularly spooky, Um, and just for reference, I got all of these off of Reddit. I got them from the free use horror stories section. What up? Oh my God. Mm, So,
0: okay,
1: (laughs) yeah, so this was posted one year ago by someone called Celluloid Addiction. I'm not sure what they're addicted to, but.
0: Celluloid, duh. (laughs)
1: Well, what is celluloid? Is that, like, fat? Like, what is
0: I, that? I think it's, um like, a form of plastic. Uh, well, actually, oh. I'm pretty sure it's a form of plastic. But I don't actually know in my head, like, what it looks like or what it's used for. But basically, plastic. But I feel like sometimes people use it in the context of, like, oh, wow, like, she's full of, like, celluloid. Almost, not, sounds like, what's that, like, thing when you get, like, varicose veins in your legs? Sounds like that, but it's not that. Um, celluloid? Celluloid? Cellulite, yeah, it's not cellulite. When people say, like, oh, like, she's full of cellulite, like, usually it means, like, oh, plastic surgery. So, I don't know if it has to do with plastic surgery, but I guess it must have.
1: Well, maybe they're addicted to the Kardashians. I don't know.
0: I mean, are we all? Anyway, go ahead.
1: (laughs) So, this is called Never Play with a Ouija Board.
0: (laughs) Oh, fuck you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Pretty much, I might interject a little bit in my narration, but um, this one's a little bit short, a little bit long. It's a medium. It's a medium story, and without further ado, celluloid addictions, true story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this story. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, you should do it like a weird, like German accent or something. Just like way off. Oh,
1: I can't do a German accent. Um, <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad now. I wish I could. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this story happened in October of 2004, back when I was still a third-year high school student. My friends and I stuck around the school late at night after our annual Halloween party. We had agreed to try out my friend's Ouija board. It wasn't the brightest idea, but we needed a thrill. Okay, I need to interject. Um, <laughs> what do you mean it wasn't the brightest idea, celluloid? <laughs> um Every time I see those in Barnes and Noble, I'm like, is today the day I waste twenty dollars? But I don't know. It just I, love, I feel like I everyone has I love to do that. I love that
0: you're once. more concerned about like the money spent and the fact that you're like summoning Satan. <laughs> so great.
1: <sighs> Satan doesn't care about money. He might give me a reimbursement <laughs> anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
0: For all we know, right?
1: <laughs> all right, so we're gonna return to the story, to your originally scheduled programming. <laughs> We found a nice spot under a huge Nara tree and proceeded with our half assed ritual. <laughs> there were five of us two boys and three girls. We were all expecting some kind of paranormal contact. Rumors had it our school was haunted, but we've never really experienced anything firsthand, and it was Halloween when all the spirits came out to play, so we all wanted to get spooked. Also, we've never seen a Ouija board firsthand before, so we were pretty excited. Our school was an old Spanish colonial house built in the 1800s when the Spaniards still occupied the Philippines. We were in a section of the school that doesn't get used often. <laughs> Located beside a creepy old Jesuit house, people only go there when they needed to use the restroom, store equipment on one of the sheds, or make out with their boyfriends or girlfriends. Okay, another interjection. Um, who in high school is making out with their boyfriend or girlfriend? Um, because I was single af
0: <laughs> i mean listen you're still single af so you're not the best like oh, <laughs> like point of comparison <laughs> i mean right. but That's but, but but yeah i mean i wasn't either i i i didn't date until after high school so like i mean i don't know who but i know there were people you know the popular kids
1: i guess but like why why i guess if they don't like have time to spend outside of school it is kind of like a prison but it just seems so like i don't know 80s movie to me. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) We sat down in the middle of an open space with only an exposed bare bulb nearby illuminating the surroundings. We were all having a laugh, scaring each other with what-if scenarios. It was your typical dumb kids doing dumb things. My friend who brought the Ouija board proceeded to place it in the middle of our circle. If I remember correctly, it was the -the glow-in-the-dark version, which we found hilarious. (laughs) What? Lit. But it gave us the ability to see what was written in the dark. I mean, that's actually pretty handy. I can see that being useful. I wonder if they sell those on Amazon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I guess. Like, I mean, the thing, though, is that you, not, in order to, like, see that feature, you have to play in the dark. And why the fuck would you do that? Like, if I can have at least a couple candles and still have the Ouija work, like, of course I'll have the mm. candles on.
1: I'm planning on bringing you to the dark side, and we're going to do this one day. I'm working on you. In the dark. In the dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. Not knowing what to do and going after what we've seen in movies, we all proceeded to place our index finger on top of the planchette. We sat there looking at each other until one of us said, what's next? We didn't know if there was a proper way to start the ritual. Plus, the board didn't come with instructions, so we decided to just throw in a question. Is anyone there? I called out into the darkness. If there are spirits...
0: Oh my god, what if the board... What if the board, like, spelled back... (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then the music just starts to like pulse <laughs> through the walls
0: i know i know just like out of nowhere just like <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be like the most iconic way for britney to make an entrance
0: <laughs> i know oh my god like Satan is Bob oh, party oh my god just, like, this is like
1: woo! a good music video pitch idea <laughs> okay okay go ahead if there are spirits living here please talk to us one of the girls joined in do you like that girl voice did it sound like a girl okay
0: Love it. Wow, that was so different.
1: (laughs) We clearly had no idea what we were doing. Still nothing. Not even the slightest bit of wind. One of my friends jerked the planchette and the girl who brought the Ouija board screamed, breaking the silence. We all laughed at how ridiculous it was.
0: Is that a euphemism? Like jerking your planchette?
1: Wow, I like that. We should use that for merch one day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, okay. Just brought it down. Go ahead.
1: Oh my god. After a bit of joking around, we decided to give it another go. We all placed our index fingers on the planchette once more and asked, "If there's anyone there, we would like to make contact. Don't break the circle," one of my friends jokingly said, "Shut up," I whispered. <laughs> I'm living for this audiobook-like experience right now. Do you think people are hiring me? Hire me."
0: <laughs> I'm, I love it. I mean, I okay, I'll stop you. interrupting
1: Hell. so I can actually spook you. We were just about ready to give up when the wind started to pick up. The stillness broke and the darkness around us seemed to move. Just coincidence, we thought. Okay, don't break the circle, I yelled out. Is anyone there? I was excited. It was like a scene from a movie with dirt and dead leaves swirling around us. Guys, I'm scared, my friend sitting beside me said. My mom warned me about playing with forces we don't know. Did you die here? Were you killed during the war? Are you the headless priest that roams these halls? Do you know Jose Rizal? In parentheses, our national hero. (laughs) Are you a hottie? My friend giggled. (laughs) At this point, we were all throwing random stupid questions. Nothing. This is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore, my friend said, exasperated. We were all thinking the same. Just then, a group of dogs from the neighboring house started barking at us through the chain-link fence. These six dogs were growling and showing teeth. We all screamed and, without finishing the ritual, bolted right out of there. Okay, that kind of takes me out of it. Why would you scream at dogs barking at you?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're deathly afraid of That's dogs. That's kind I, I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we didn't see each other until after Halloween break, and this is where the story gets creepy. One of the girls told us about a weird experience she had the night after playing with the Ouija board. She had gotten home late after hanging out with her friends from the neighborhood when she realized she forgot the keys to her house. So she called her brother up, who was then still sharing a room with her, and what he said crept the hell out of her. He swore she was already home. He claimed to have seen her walk in a while ago, and that she looked really tired and saw her head straight to bed. Creepy, but no need to freak ourselves out was all we thought. Besides, her brother must have been tired and seeing things. But then my other friend started telling us about an encounter she had that Halloween night. She was going up to her room when the lights started flickering as she was ascending the staircase. Your typical horror movie visuals shrug it off to faulty wiring. But just then, she saw the door to her room open and a dark figure stepped out and stood atop of their staircase. She couldn't make out the entity's face, but she recounted that she couldn't move and felt utter dread as the figure stared down at her. No way, my best friend who just joined in the conversation said in disbelief. Something happened to me as well. He recalled that he was sleeping one night when he woke up feeling really uncomfortable. He described his vision as having TV-like static and a feeling of heaviness surrounded him. He looked around the room and that's when he saw a bloody, charred face with piercing red eyes grinning at him through the window. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I had an almost run-in with death that night. After the ritual, I was sleeping in our sedan on the way home after fooling around with the Ouija board when I felt our car jerk. I woke up instantly. Looking out the window, I found out that we'd been hit by a huge oil tanker. I panicked and leaped out of the car. Luckily, my mom and I survived the crash since the front of the car was a total wreck. I still don't have an explanation why those things happened to us, But thank God nothing happened after that. I've never played or gone near a Ouija board ever since. The end.
0: Well, that is good because that is terrifying and I hate it, and you shouldn't play with Ouija (laughs) boards.
1: (laughs) Speak for yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I mean, damn. I, yeah, no, Mm -mm, nope. I will
1: say after reading that out loud, Uh, I felt less and less convinced because I noticed that it was very well written in terms of like cinematic, like, I don't know. It just felt, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like a no sleep. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But they said it was true, but you know, we never know. I could post on there that, um, Bigfoot kidnapped me and put in parentheses true. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, yeah, like you never know. Um,
1: so, are you ready for uh, another one?
0: I am... Oh, actually, should we take turns? Yeah, sure. Maybe that would be interesting. Okay. Yeah, since these are not, like, whole-ass, like, cases, it's probably easy. So, okay. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay, okay. So, I have one that... I, I mean, it's really just a creepy pasta. I don't think that it's, like, claiming to be real anywhere. But um, I just, to me, just feel so, like... Uh, like ooh. It's, it's very grounded in reality like it's definitely something that could happen so it's very like scary okay this is called the smiling man
1: hmm.
0: about five years ago i lived downtown in a major city in the u.s i've always been a night person so i would often find myself bored after my roommate who was decidedly not a night person went to sleep to pass the time i used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking I spent four years like that, walking alone that night. <laughs> what the heck? with an accent.
1: <laughs> what was that?
0: <laughs> I think that was my best impression of a French accent, but it was literally awful, so let me continue. Okay. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between one and two in the morning, and I was walking near a police patrol park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my sight, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky, and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still, until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back, and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me but still looking skyward, smile still white on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance in the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoe steps as if it were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. Except he was moving very, very quickly. I like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again. "...about a car length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper. What? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling." And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around, very slowly, and started dance-walking away, just like that. Not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go, until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran, too. (sighs) I ran until I was off to the side of the road. Oh, I ran until I was off, off the side road, and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk, he didn't look high, he looked completely and utterly insane, and that's a very, very scary thing to see. Ooh.
1: <laughs> wow. Interesting. Fear the
0: psychos. Yeah. And th-
1: I don't know what it was about the dancing, though, because that just, like, I was like, um, is that scary? In what way is he dancing? I couldn't visualize that. He it. was
0: waltzing. You know, he was doing, like, one to the left, one to the right, one to the front, and, like, then you're supposed to do, like, the other to the front. But, like, when he did the last one to the front, he almost, like, took a step forward, to get closer to the guy oh. um uh, it's like it, what that's what they oh. meant by box when you're dancing lots you're dancing in like a square basically uh it's it's called square dancing because you're, yeah, you're <laughs> making a square with your feet and so i don't know i think it's kind of creepy um but yeah yeah if you're the psychos anyway thoughts yeah
1: <laughs> that's really that's really clever actually now that you explained it that way um for some reason i was thinking of do you, did you see the new um remake of yeah. it so, like, when <laughs> Pennywise starts no, dancing, that's like, that's all I could doing, see no. in my head. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't clown dancing. Okay, yeah. Um,
0: I don't know. Yeah. I like it. It just creeps me out. I remember hearing some iteration of this years ago that was slightly different. Oh, yes, it was slightly different. It was about, like, a smiling man that was, you know, doing the same shit. And he was following this guy, but he was wearing a hoodie in the other story. And, like, the guy got to his house, but then, like, he realized the next day that his garage door had been, like, open all night, and so the Smiling Man probably had been there in his house all night, maybe even watching him sleep, but hadn't heard him. Like, oh, that's fucking horrible. Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, um...
1: I saw a, like, a video that was called The Smiling Man that was, like, a horror short film, but I think it was kind of different. Like, there wasn't any dancing, and I honestly don't even remember what happened, but it was kind of the same concept of, like, he's following yeah, you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... So So it might have been based off that. Many
0: iterations, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) That was spooky. Uh, Okay. Okay. Hit me. Go. (laughs) Okay, so the next one I'm gonna read. (laughs) I kind of chose out of um, just because it took place in the Inland Empire, um, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I like that. So, this was posted by user mosaic underscore unearthed. It's supposedly a true story. They posted this six months ago. Um, I could be wrong, but for some reason I think this is a female, but I don't know what they identify as, so I don't know. So, without further ado, white glowing eyes. The following is a very true experience. I've never actually wrote this down before, and I don't know if anyone has experienced this, too. This happened between 1989 and 1990, and I was about the age of four years old. To this day, I still get chills thinking about it, and I wonder if in some way unknown, it changed me. My parents had a house in the Inland Empire of Southern California, and at that time, my brother hadn't been born yet, so I was still the only child. To give you a layout, my parents' house was a two-story house located in a cul-de-sac. On the bottom floor, there was two bedrooms, a bathroom, the living room, and the kitchen. The second floor was just the master bedroom and bath. All you could see from the street was the garage and one of the bedroom windows on the bottom floor and the window of my mom's bathroom on the second floor. To get to the front door, you had to walk along the cement pathway that ran along the side of the house. You had to pass the first bedroom that you can see from the street, then the bathroom window, then another bedroom window, and then you would be at the front door. The backyard was beyond that point. My bedroom at the time was the bedroom next to the front door. Okay, so that was actually kind of necessary, (laughs) but you'll see why.
0: Uh, No, it's okay. I mean, I I trust the narrative. Just let's see where it goes.
1: I'm just kind of out of breath, so. (laughs) Now, for some reason, my blinds weren't completely down to the bottom of the window. There was about a six-inch gap with nothing covering it. I was pretty young, so I didn't really care much about it then. The bed was in the middle of the wall, across from my bedroom door, and to the left was the window. According to my mom, this all happened right before midnight. My mother was asleep in her room upstairs, and my dad was a policeman that worked nights in another city. I was fast asleep in my room, and out of nowhere, I suddenly awoke, looking up at the ceiling. I don't know what woke me, or if I just popped awake on my own. After my eyes adjusted to the night lights of my room, I sat up and started looking around. All of a sudden, something caught my eye at the window, in that gap. First I thought it was the street light reflecting on the window, but I knew for a fact that there was only one street light, and what I was looking at was two obvious glowing spots that were spaced apart as if on someone's face. Then I thought, is that a cat looking at me? And yes, I vividly remember thinking these things, trying to debunk this at 4 years old. <laughs> I- <laughs> I had remembered when then that my cat Chelsea's eyes would reflect at night, but this looked different than that. The cat's eyes would almost have different colors when reflecting. These two were very solid bright white glowing eyes, looking straight at me. I just stared at them, frozen stiff, trying to make sense of what I was seeing. I couldn't see a face at all. The eyes were just so bright, nothing else stood out. That void, or face, around the eyes looked blacker than the night. I thought again, well, if this is a cat, how could a cat be big like a person and why would a cat stand up to stare in my bedroom? The curiosity got me and I went for it. I flipped my covers off, turned my little four-year-old body towards the window and put my feet on the floor. This is the moment the creepiest thing happens and it will forever be burned into my brain. I got off the bed and got on my knees to get a closer look at this so-called cat. When at this very moment, this faceless pair of glowing white eyes began to slowly and steadily tilt to the side. Very similar to Michael Myers and Halloween, the eyes still locked on me, not blinking once. The feeling of dread and fear shot through my body. Completely terrified, I burst into tears and immediately booked it down the hallway, up the stairs to tell my mom. Although I was going as fast as I could, it felt like it took forever. When I got to my mom, I was so upset I couldn't get any words out. Tears were streaming down my face and my mom was becoming seriously concerned at this point. She was able to calm me down just enough for me to get out the words. There is white eyes looking at me through my window, on the bottom. Are you sure? my mom asked. I cry out, yes. She didn't even go down to look. She just called the police. I don't remember the time it took for them to arrive or what they said because I finally fell asleep in my mom's bed. Can I just say that's so smart. Like,
0: even if you're the parent and you're the grown-up and you're the strong one or whatever, like, if that thing is, like, like supernatural, it can probably still kill you or haunt you or curse you or take you to missing 411 dimension. So don't go check it out. Just call the fucking police. Like, you know, like, the kid's (laughs) with you. He's safe. So just, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do remember faintly waking up to a knock on the door and my mom going to open it. The cop spoke to her and I heard her say, Okay, thank you, good night, and she shut the door. Did they find it, mommy? I asked half asleep. No, honey, he said they couldn't find anyone, my mom told me softly. It's okay now, just try to go back to sleep. So, it's safe to say that the next day my whole window was covered. Years fast forward and I'm in middle school now. Every now and then, I would think about that night. Sometimes I wondered if that moment was real, if those eyes were really there. Those unforgettable white eyes. One day, a random thought came up, and I asked my mom if she remembered that night. She told me, yes, of course, why? I don't know, just wondering, I guess, I said. Then my mom proceeded to say, Well, I never told you this, but when the deputy came out that night, he told me they made it a priority to get out to our house as soon as they could, because not very long before I called 911, they received another call from someone else reporting that someone was looking in their window in our same neighborhood. Hearing that sent chills down my spine, and to this day, I wonder who or what was looking at me that night.
0: Ooh, I hate the that. The um, What do you think it was? I mean, obviously, not a cat. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could have just been a fucking cat. But I mean, I know I, <laughs> that's a big-ass cat. It was either
1: mountain
0: I think, lion I think, I think i don't think it was
1: her own. Hmm. i don't know i i think it was a mountain lion <laughs> i don't know where in the inland empire she lives but like that's yeah, the desert no, that's very disappointing <laughs>
0: <You
1: know>? <laughs> um <laughs> no it could have been i don't know it, it could have been something some spookier, like, it but been some, like, i mean curious
0: little alien baby just like lost and, like, he just, like, wanders on <laughs> the neighborhood, like, looking in people's windows. And, he, and that's why he tilts his head. Because, you know, like, little animals and babies are curious and they tilt their heads. So maybe that's what it is.
1: Do you think it was E.T.? <laughs> like, after yeah, or, like, before yeah, like the basket?
0: <laughs> you know, she did say 1989 and 1990. I think that's about right. I don't know. So, you know. Yeah,
1: I don't know either. Yeah, maybe it was E.T. <laughs> All right. Do you have another for me?
0: I do. Okay, so this one's shorter, but I love it. Because it's it really, it's a poem. But it still feels as much, like, of a scary story to me, even though it's shorter, even though it's a poem. Because it's just so well written, and it just, I don't know, it just spooked me. So let me read this to you, okay? It's called, oh, and I don't know the author, because it didn't, like, the website didn't have it. But thank you to whoever wrote this. This is called Hidden by the Rustling Corn. The shortcut to the cornfield tempts you as you're walking home. The clouds above keep the moon concealed as you enter the swaying corn alone. The corn grows tall and thick, my friend. The path you chose is muddy. It grows in rows without scope or end, and in the dark, you hurry. You don't see the standing forms as you pass them on your way. They stand still amongst the swaying corn, which hides their pallor and decay. Hundreds gather in this field tonight, though you see none at all. Yet still you look around in fright, but the corn grows too thick, too tall. You tell yourself as you continue through, it's merely the rustling of the leaves. But they see you, and they hear you, and they might not let you leave. The end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that. <laughs> I like yeah, that Yeah, isn't lot. it good? <laughs> Yeah, that was, I liked how it's kind of like a um, terrifying Dr. Seuss rendition. <laughs> I,
0: I just, I like how like specific it is, like, because you really can imagine anything. I mean, I thought zombies or something like zombies, um, just like, ugh, and I hate that. Like, I used to live in a farm for like six months and we didn't have like big ass cornfields. But let me just tell you, like just ranches and farms just at night, on like Halloween, like they really do have that feeling like in the movies like you just it just feels like Ooh, like you don't like it um yeah yeah and and so i just imagine like like it must be 10 times worse if you're like in a farm in a corn maze like Ugh, no uh-uh. um I also, <laughs> well i mean
1: i i told you i worked in a corn maze like for halloween as a zombie right yeah yeah <laughs> So like that was scary the first night because like it just is like you've anxiety about having to jump out and scare people but like let me tell you something that's very empowering to be the one who's scaring people like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: Um, yeah, I also recently watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the movie, and they do the um the that story about the scarecrow. I think his name is Jacob in like the corn maze and they put that one in the they put that one in the movie. Um yeah that was pretty scary and i was like thinking about that when i was reading this poem so i liked it i just clicked for me it was good um yeah okay so your turn
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so this story let me see where it starts okay um i'm not sure if this is something that is directly linked to the paranormal i mean the last one um I guess is arguable too, but this one's interesting and I at least found it a little scary. So it's by user Bearded Bamboozle. <laughs> and he posted this one year ago. <laughs> okay. It's called night it's called Night Shift in a Care Home. And it is supposedly true. Okay. Okay. I recently found some Let's Read type channels on YouTube and decided to try and write down an experience I had a few years ago as it seemed similar to the content being posted. I'm 27 years old, male, live in the UK with my fiance, and currently work as a teaching assistant um, for teenagers with special educational needs in a school not far from Bradgate Park in some place I can't pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. I have worked in a number of schools and children's homes now, and these buildings, especially the children's homes, are usually old, renovated houses or halls. This particular story happened in 2013 when I just started working as a support worker at a care home for teenagers and young adults 18 to 30 years old. Okay. Okay. So the house that I worked in was pretty big. There were two living rooms, a large kitchen, a game room, a study, and five bedrooms. There was also a huge garden with a summer house slash activity room that led onto acres of fields and woodland. I'd been working there for about three weeks and primarily worked the walking night shift. This shift ran from 10 p.m. until 8 a.m., and it was my duty to make sure all of the residents were settled for the night and to get the cleaning done before the day staff came in to take over. I would usually get all of my jobs done around 1 a.m. and spend the rest of the night listening out for anyone that woke up. I would watch TV read my university course books, or sometimes just play games on my phone. Once I was finished, the residents usually slept all night. On one particular night, a young man named James, not the actual name, was particularly restless. He was not very big, but he had a lot of strength behind him when he got into one of his bad moods and had the slightest thing could set him off. He once threw a member of staff through a patio door because she had forgotten to put cold water in his tea before he drank it. He could not form (laughs) full sentences. (laughs) He could not form full sentences and would communicate with fairly simple words put together in a way that he understood. For example, he would say something like, James, make breakfast when he was ready to make breakfast or James, go outside if you want to go outside and play. He was generally well behaved and could be quite funny when he wanted to be, but was well known for his temper. At around 11pm, James got up and came downstairs to make a drink. I stood in the doorway and watched to make sure he didn't break anything or hurt himself, and he went back upstairs without any real bother. I sat on the top step and kept an eye on his door for maybe 15 minutes or so to make sure he didn't wake any of the other residents. Once he had settled, I went back to my cleaning. So the room beneath James's bedroom was a communal living room with board games, a TV, sofas, books, and stuff like that. I was in there dusting and mopping the floor when I heard something heavy drop onto the floor in the room above. I knew James was prone to temper tantrums if he got frustrated, so I went upstairs and knocked on his door. As I reached for the key to open it myself, he opened the door and looked at me. He seemed perfectly calm, and his eyes looked almost half shut, like he had been asleep. I asked if he was okay and he said yes and put his thumb up. This was something he did when he was in a good mood and not stressed out, so I left him to it and told him to be careful, thinking that he had knocked something over. An hour or so passed and by now I was in the kitchen cleaning the sink. I heard another bang above me again, like something had been dropped. This time I realized that the kitchen or the room above the kitchen was currently empty. The house was set up to house five residents, but there were only currently four, and the room above me was a spare, empty room. I immediately went to check it out, but the room was empty. I stood there for a while, and as far as I could tell, everyone was asleep. Due to the nature of their conditions slash behaviors, each resident has an alarm fitted to their door that is activated at night, so if anyone leaves the room, a small receiver box that the night staff carry around makes a noise and a light blinks for a few seconds to indicate which door had been opened, numbered 1 through 5. The alarm had not gone off, so I knew that the noise was not from any of the residents. I got back to my cleaning and didn't hear anything else for the rest of the night. The following night, I got to work just before 10, and as I entered the hallway, I could tell that something was wrong. James was at the bottom of the stairs covering his ears and humming loudly, and three members of staff were with him. After a few minutes, he was escorted to the sitting room, and the house manager gave me a rundown of what had been going on. For the last four hours, James had been quite agitated and kept repeating the phrase, Sarah, little girl, when asked what was wrong. This was something we had never experienced with him before, and the general conclusion was that he had seen something on TV or in a movie that stuck in his head and made him repeat this phrase. Once James had settled in bed, the night staff left, and the other member of staff that was sleeping in went up to the staff bedroom. I got on with my tasks, and as usual, finished around 1am. Soon after this, I went upstairs to do a quick check on all of the residents, but as I got on the first floor landing, I noticed the light had been turned off. There were two small corridors leading to the bedrooms on the left and right-hand sides of the staircase. James's room was on the left, and the light switch was just outside his room. I turned the corner to flick the switch, and there, in the darkness, in complete silence, was James. He stood in the corner, completely naked, with his eyes as wide as he could possibly hold them. <laughs> I spoke calmly to James and asked what was going on, and for a while he said nothing at all. Then, as I turned the light back on, he let out an ear-piercing scream, ear-piercing scream and started slapping himself around the face. The sleeping staff woke up at this point and helped me to calm the situation and get James back into bed before reassuring the other residents that everything was fine. After that night, I had four days off. My shift pattern was seven days on, two days off, followed by eight days on, and four days off, and I was relieved this incident had happened just as my time off began. I got back to work the following week and was told that the situation with James talking about the little girl had got a lot worse. He would spend hours staring out of the window that overlooked the garden saying, Little girl, where are you little girl? And no one knew where he had heard the phrase. That night at around 3am, the alarm went off to say that the door to room 5, the spare room, had been opened. Now this instantly seemed a bit weird as the door to the spare room is always kept locked because it was being used for storage at the time. I went up to investigate and found James standing in the room in the dark. He didn't seem to notice me entering and was just standing there whispering, Where are you? over and over again. I gently touched his shoulder and said something like, Come on, mate. Let's get you back to bed. It's late. James turned around and started heading back to his room and for a second I was relieved. But then, as I locked the door to the spare room, he screamed out, Oh no! and started pummeling the door with both fists. As he did this, the alarm went off to indicate that the front door had been opened. The only people with a key to the front door were myself and the house manager. The door has four locks on it, two that require a key and two that require electronic ID cards. It was now 325 AM and the manager never came in before 8 AM, so I presume there must have been some kind of mistake and continued to diffuse the situation with James. He finally calmed down and went back into his room, so I went downstairs to check the front door. To my surprise, it was wide open. I shut it immediately and started checking every room in the house in case someone had got in. I then checked on each of the residents to make sure they were all still in the house. Everything was fine. The next night, everything was calm until around 2 a.m. when one of the other residents, Connor, got up and said that someone was tapping on his window. I guess that he must have just been dreaming, as his window was on the third floor of the house and was at least 20 feet from the ground. I went back up to his room with him to reassure him and checked his window. Sure enough, it was shut and the security lock that prevents it from opening wide enough for someone to fit through it was still sealed. As he got back in bed, I heard footsteps on the stairs outside of his room. He froze for a second and looked at me with an expression of pure panic on his face. I opened the door to see who it was, but no one was there. He was clearly scared by this and said, Is he back? My blood ran cold and I asked, Is who back? What do you mean? Connor looked over my shoulder and sank into his bed, pulling the duvet up to his mouth. I turned around to see what he was looking at, but there was still no one there. "'Tell him to go away,' Connor said in a hushed, scared voice. I tried to reassure him that there was no one there, and left his bedside lamp on before leaving the room. I went downstairs and sat outside on the patio with a cup of coffee. It was the middle of January and around negative two outside, but I felt like I had to get out of the house for a while. After about 40 minutes, I went back inside and washed my cup in the sink, dried it, and put it in the cupboard. Beneath the cupboard was a locked, secure drawer where all of the sharp knives are kept until needed. The drawer was open slightly. This was obviously a major issue, as none of the residents were allowed to access the knife drawer without supervision. I counted the knives and realized that there was one missing, so I woke the sleep-in staff, told her the situation, and we began to search. Nearly two hours later, we still hadn't found the missing knife, so we decided to just keep our guard up and make sure none of the residents were hiding it. Two hours later, at 5.30 a.m., the alarm sounded. It was the door to the spare room again. I went up to check it out and found that the door was locked. How could the alarm have been activated by the door opening if the door was still locked? I went inside and turned the light on. To this day, I still have no explanation for what I found, and I often think about this incident. The bed had been pushed from its usual place, and was against the wall, and the wardrobe doors were open. There were screws and nails all over the floor, but nothing was broken. But the most disturbing part? In the middle of the room, there was a children's doll, a gold bracelet, and the missing knife from the kitchen. The doll was an old-style baby doll. My guess was that it was made in the 50s from the style of clothes and the overall look of the doll. The bracelet was simple, but old-looking. I left everything as it was and reported it to the manager as soon as she arrived. No one ever claimed that the bracelet belonged to them and it was taken to a charity shop soon after along with the doll. After the doll and the bracelet were removed from the house, James seemed to calm down and never mentioned a little girl or stood around in the dark again. I still don't have an explanation for everything that happened and sometimes think that it was just a combination of strange behavior. But on the other hand, a lot of stuff happened that I can't explain logically. Maybe it was paranormal, who knows. But now I work day shifts and do not plan on working night shifts again anytime nope. yeah, soon.
0: No, that's a good idea. I know, dude, the doll was standing up for fucking sure. That doll was alive. <laughs> damn. <laughs> and about who? Well. Like, damn.
1: They sold it, though, or they donated it or whatever, so it's not like anyone would know.
0: (laughs) that's good. I mean, hopefully she doesn't come back. I know that sometimes, you know, things that control objects, because remember, demons can't possess objects, only people, but I guess if this was a demon controlling this thing, sometimes demons will want to, like, they're very, like, attached to a place, um, and and so they want to be in that place, and so, like, that's why, like, for example, like, Annabelle, she'd always, like, show back, like, in the house when they put her in the trash and stuff like that so hopefully that didn't happen this time wow that's terrifying I hate it um thank you
1: <laughs> you're welcome I hope that you sleep very well tonight <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll try my best um okay so I have I have something else this is another like poem style it's just that it's so good I'm sorry I'm not reading you like full stories but like uh, okay you just gotta, just gotta hear it okay 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 so it is called Creek. Now, um, uh, I also don't know who wrote this one. It's anonymous. It's from uh, ultimatecampresource.com. For camp people by camp people. What? Like campfire <laughs> stories? I don't oh. know. I'm very confused. But anyway, <laughs> um, Creek. So, Creek, a sound faint, distant, but still heard. Crack, something snapping or being trampled on. The man sits in his room, reading. The room is silent, except for the quiet fire burning. Creak. Just the house settling, nothing more. Crack. Perhaps some small animals outdoors? Whoosh. Was that the wind? The man stands up and peeks out the window. A clear night is all he sees. The full moon, brilliant in the sky. Laughing at his nervousness, he returns to his book. Creak. The man now silently chuckles at the sound. Crack. How could he have been scared of some sounds? Whoosh! Must be breezy out tonight. Thump! Did that come from within the house? The man stares into the fire, trying to calm his jangled nerves. Creak! Crack! Whoosh! Will the sounds never cease? Thump! 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 Closer, he thinks. The sounds are getting closer. He shuts the book and closes his eyes, and thinks of something besides his wild imagination. Creak, thump, crack, thump, whoosh, thump, thump, thump. A pause. The man moves quietly slowly towards the door with a nervous gait. Thump, a step back. Thump, yes, it's getting closer. Thump, he stares at the door, trying to somehow see through it. Thump, he reaches slowly for the doorknob, handshaking, no longer able to take not knowing. Creak, a loose floorboard near the door outside. Thump, he slowly opens the door a scream silence the end
1: wow i am living for this like slam poetry you got going on snaps (laughs) (laughs)
0: um it's it's just so good like i love the use of well it's not onomatopoeia but it's like the fact that they're like putting the sounds in there and you can almost like hear it in your head um that's good um yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I just thought it was creepy. Like, I It doesn't matter to me that these are not real because like, they feel so real when I'm reading them. I get so spooked that it's like, ah. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do have one uh, more short story, an actual story, um, to fill in the okay. time. Uh, it's short, but still, it's good. Um, and it's one of those that claims to be real. So keep that in mind. This okay. ain't no poem. This person says that this happened. I mean, I think it sounds a little n- no sleep, but here we go. It's called... I found an open Wi Fi connection. <laughs> Already. <laughs> um, they didn't believe me when I told them there was an open wireless network in range, aptly named quote unquote free Wi Fi. It was rather slow, but that's not the problem. You see, we were camping out in the middle of nowhere, tar hollow forest for any fellow Ohioans out there. We, me, yeah. We parked the truck about a mile down the trail, and from there, it was a 15 minute drive to the only ramp onto the highway. We were far removed from civilization, to say the least. After we were all done with checking in on Facebook and replying to Snapchats very important when you're camping, I guess. Um, my friends and I made a game of finding the source of the signal. Marco and Sean went in one direction. Oh, I missed one direction. Oh, anyway. Marco and Sean um, are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I went the other. Three minutes later, we were all back at the site. Marco and Sean didn't have their pants on- no, I'm kidding. Um, the <laughs> <signal> <laughs> You almost got me there. <laughs> the signal dropped off after 185 paces in the direction I went, and roughly 350 in the opposite. We agreed with Sean's proposal to go in a third direction, so to approximate by triangulation the whereabouts of the source. Marco counted the steps, Mike kept an eye on the signal indicator. Sean and I looked out for anything that remotely resembled a router. Why is this like a fun game to play? Like, why is this what they're doing? Like, set up your fucking tent. (laughs) I know, right? Um, (laughs) About a hundred feet in, Mike told Marco to stop counting. The signal was at full strength. I looked around for for flashing LEDs or running cables or anything that lit up. Marco suggested it could be a pocket Wi-Fi hotspot that another camper had left behind, though that was unlikely since there was no 3G coverage out there. But we found nothing. We gave up the search and made way back towards the campsite. That's when the Wi-Fi signal disappeared. The sun was setting and it was starting to fog up. A little spooked, we agreed we would pack our stuff and hike back to the truck. So because they're not, they were just hiking, never mind, not camping. When we got back, we realized that we had been robbed. Our bags were torn open, our food supplies were missing, and our tents were toppled. What immediately seemed odd to me was that the thieves hadn't taken our laptops or cameras. Upon closer inspection, all they took were the foods and beverages. And in my opinion, that was the scary part. I mean, I guess it would be really scary if you don't think it was like a bear, but it could have just been a bear. Um, Anyway, needless to say, we crammed whatever we could into our torn up backs and made a dash for the truck. It wasn't until we got into the truck that Mike told us to check our phones. The Wi-Fi signal was at full strength again. A chill ran down my spine when I saw the name of the connection. Run, boys. Run. The end.
1: What? The Wi-Fi connection said that?
0: Yeah, that was the name of the Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> when they checked back again oh, on it once they were already creepy. in the truck.
1: Oh, that's really creepy.
0: Yeah. Weird. I know. Like, I, I mean, it's, it kind of like let me puzzle at first. I was like, wait, I don't understand Like, what's going on. I guess that maybe some predators or one predator... Is like around these like woods, like stalking people, and he likes both being a predator, but also just snacks. And so, <laughs> and so like I guess he like attracts people with his Wi-Fi and makes them search for it while he steals the food. It just seems like a very intricate plan. I don't know <laughs> if I believe this. And then once he steals the food, yeah. just to like spook him one more time, he he like threatens them by renaming his Wi-Fi like name. But like, what if they didn't check that? Like, what have he been able to spook them like this is very like like a lot of dominoes have to fall for his plan to work this seems like very intricate and very inefficient um
1: yeah i agree what if he's just like a vigilante who wants people to stay out of the woods because he knows about missing 411
0: maybe or what if he um like is really into like people doing fitness and like he's just telling them you know run boys like run it's good for you it's good for your health
1: yeah, I mean, maybe he could have clarified a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he was just eating the junk food to help them jumpstart their diet.
0: Wow. Tough <laughs> tough love, but I guess it works. I took away your food, not your skinny. Um, <laughs> everyone... For listening to this episode, this was really fun. I think you know, we might do it again in the future. Who knows? This was cool. Um, uh, if you would like to leave us a suggestion for next week's episode, you can do so by DMing us at TalkScary on Twitter. Uh, and you can listen to us on all podcast listening platforms. You can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find us there. Scary Talk Podcast. Um, if you don't know that already, then I don't know how you're listening to this. You should know the name of this podcast. Beyond that. Shannon, anything to add?
1: Um, What is the name of our podcast?
0: <laughs> At Talk Scary. That's the <laughs> name of our podcast. <laughs> I thought it was like um, Talk
1: Spooky. Um, or I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you back in episode 34. And um, no large deals before bedtime. The Mothman is real. Uh, run, boys, run. And uh, thank you for listening. Good night.
1: Good night.